rest in peace to this beautiful mind. You'll be forever remembered and missed. God bless you, Paul. You are locked on Fantasy Basketball, your daily podcast on fantasy basketball. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble. Opening night is 24 hours away from the time of me recording this. It might be a little bit shorter by the time you listen to it. So we are ready to go for NBA action in today's show. It's going to cover off some news that's gone down in the last 24 hours and then preview tomorrow's two-game slate in the NBA opening night. We're all pumped. Michael Bolton. Let's get to it. To it. Right, that is really, really a good idea. Um, make sure you guys are checking out the rest of the Locked On Podcast Network, though. Across every NBA team, NFL team, got baseball teams, college sports, you can find all the information you want about your favorite team or your favorite fantasy player and see what's going on with the local experts covering all that off. And of course, Locked On NBA five days a week as well. Let's start with the news that has gone down. Uh, the Suns have signed Jamal Crawford. Uh, it was talk, I talked about it yesterday. They offered him that minimum contract. He's accepted it. I'd have to imagine he moves straight into the rotation in Phoenix. I absolutely don't like this at all. Now they haven't decided. They haven't announced at the time of me recording who they're actually waving to fit him in. They still have to make one decision. It looks like it's going to be Davon Reed, which again I just dislike completely. He was like the 32nd pick in last year's draft. He missed nearly all of last season. He showed some flashes, but giving away. A guy like Reed, who does have defensive potential, has three-point potential, has potential there on the wing for a 38-year-old Jamal Crawford, who is almost literally the worst player in the NBA, at least defensively, and does clog up the offense. And there's a reason that he waited, or it was until the last day of the preseason, until he got signed. On a team, you can say veteran presence as much as you want, but Trevor Ariza, Ryan Anderson, and Tyson Chandler, I think they've got that covered. And in, in order to get you know, Crawford on, the, the Suns did make some uh, make some roster cuts, but I just don't get this for Crawford. I, sorry, I don't get this for Phoenix. I don't understand why you're bringing Jamal in. Yeah, sure, great bloke, one of the best blokes in the NBA, but doesn't do anything positive for the offense, uh, doesn't do anything for the development of this young team who, let's be honest, is not going anywhere. And if they think they are, then they have absolutely zero idea of how to identify talent or have any sort of self-reflection on what they're like as a franchise. But Suns fans probably already know that about this uh, about this ownership group and this front office. So it's a really short-sighted, dumb move to me. And it just it further confuses things as what's happening with the uh, with the point guard spot. Now, the Phoenix Suns last uh, heading at the end of last season, I'm trying to work out how many point guards that they've got. Um, they ended last season with two point guards on the roster, Isaiah Cannon, who they actually waived with an injury, and they had uh, Shaq Harrison there as well. They added two new point guards in with Ali Akobo and uh, DeAnthony Melton, um, and they ended up having to, to cut one of them. So how many point guards are, are, are they left with? Two plus two is four, minus one, that's three, quick maths. Oh, yep, yep. So they've got three point guards left now, because unfortunately, might be the last time I play this drop. Big Shaq, Big Shaq Harrison, he got waived. Big Shaq. I apologize for the extremely long run-up for me to use the two plus two uh, is four, minus one. That's three, quick maths drop. But I had to get it in there because I don't know when I'm going to get to do this again. Shaq Harrison, by almost all advanced metrics last season, was the Suns' 
best player, maybe best point guard. Definitely, it just doesn't make sense to. Now he's not a, a star by by any uh, definition of the term. You know, not even not even close to it, really. But I thought what he was able to do last season was was really impressive. He had yeah a monster plus seventeen point two on off for the Suns, and that is that that is an astonishingly large number for a team as shitful as what this Suns team was last season. Yeah, some of that is to do with the other garbage that was playing around him, but that is just significantly high for a guy that played almost four hundred minutes. It was the highest on the team. Ahead of uh, Daniel House, who was in there as well, Isaiah Cannon, Jared Dudley. Yeah, most of their bench players were significantly better than their starters. Guys like uh, Alfred Payton was in minus 14, uh, Joshy Jackson minus 6, Devon Reed minus 7. But a plus 17, I know his real plus minus was through the roof as well. He generates steals. He plays really good defense too. I just didn't understand the move of waving Shaq Harrison, who is still only 24. It's not like he's super old. Um, in order to get Jamal Crawford in there, but he is gone, and this would have to. You know, so we're left with Isaiah Cannon, we're left with Elia Kobo, and we're left with De'Anthony Melton. I don't think Melton's going to be a rotation guy. So are they going to start the season with Cannon as their starting point guard? A Kobo? Neither of those should be appealing to you whatsoever. I think this does mean, and I'm not really sure of how the uh, how the team uh, looks at it, but they should be starting Devin Booker at point guard. Now that's what I thought originally, and then we heard it at. Uh, practice. He was running as the shooting guard in first units and not in Josh Jackson with the second unit. Ridiculous. Um, but now this move, are they going to actually start? Are they going to give minutes to a Kobo and Cannon? And with Jamal Crawford in there as the backup shooting guard, like where does that leave Josh Jackson? It's a real, real weird situation here. Now, as for Booker, he is ready to go for opening night. So that's great news. So if you took that plunge on him in the second round in drafts, you should be happy with that. Regardless of if he plays shooting guard or not, if they start Josh Jackson, it doesn't really impact Booker's value. I think it has more of an issue to do with Jackson's value. If they bring him off the bench so they can put a Kobo or Cannon in there, that would be nonsense. If they start Jamal Crawford, then just forget this whole organization and, and throw him into the sun, really, because that would be uh, horrendous. Um, but yeah, getting this decision with Shaq Harrison, it, it's really a confusing one to me. Again, not a great player, not any type of development to his star, but what is the point of having Jamal Crawford with this team when you could have... And I think Harrison and Booker would have been a really interesting combination given the way that Shaq can defend and that can help Devin in that regard. We also had a couple of trades go down. Wes Johnson was traded from the Clippers to the Pelicans. He was going to be waived by the Clippers. They sent Alexia Jinsa back from New Orleans to LA. He was waived by the Clippers along with Jawan Evans to get them, them down to 15 plus two on their roster. Johnson comes in. He'll have to battle each one more. Darius Miller, Solomon Hill on the wing there. So he might not be an every night part of the rotation. I think they like Hill's defense and Miller's shooting and Moore is their starting small forward. So I'm not sure that Wes is going to have too much of an impact. And of course, Ajinsa is injured and waived. And the other trade that went down today, the Washington Wizards sent Jody Meeks, who was suspended for the first, I think, 2019 games of this season, to the Milwaukee Bucks, and they're waving him as well. So very little impact on anything there with um, with the, the Wizards and or with Jody Meeks, who currently is looking for a team. But there might be some moves still going on. Tyler Eulis also signed by the Bulls to their second two-way contract yesterday. I do have to tell you about the guys who are helping to support this show today, and you guys need to check out my bookie. 
Um, they're one of the most trustworthy online bookmaking sites or sports betting sites in the US. So make sure you are checking out my bookie. If you think you know who's going to win, if you think you've got the inside edge on player props, on spreads, on totals, my bookie is the place you need to go. Who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. And that's why you should be checking out my bookie. They are your best bet for this season. I'd only recommend a service to you guys that I know is trustworthy and I know is going to give you fast payments. They have in-game live betting over on fantasy points scored as well and the most rewarding player perks in the business if you use the promo code locked on 25 they uh, my bookie will match your deposits 100 up to one thousand dollars you put 500 bucks in they'll give you another 500 dollars to bet there as well dollar for dollar matching up to thousand dollars that is one of the best deals in the business so go to my bookie and use that promo code locked on 25 you play you win you get paid I think that does it for all of the news that we've got uh, so far for the uh, for the NBA season. So let's move into looking at Tuesday and kicking things off with uh, some DFS action now for the, the season. Let's start by looking at how the uh, how the current current injuries look for uh, for tomorrow's games. Um, we'll start in uh, Philadelphia versus uh, Boston in Boston. There, Mike Muscala unlikely to play with an ankle injury. Uh, that's going to mean more minutes for someone like Amir Johnson. Probably some more minutes for. Um, Dario Saric there as well. The other injury to pay attention to, of course, is Kyrie Irving, who's questionable with a rib injury. If he is out, then, of course, Terry Rogier becomes one of the better DFS plays of the day. For the second game of the night, we've got the Warriors and the Thunder. Russell Westbrook, I don't think he's going to play. I've got him listed as doubtful, so that means we're going to have big doses of Dennis Schroeder. No Andre Robertson as well. And then out of nowhere, Stephen Adams is listed as questionable with a back injury. So that's something to pay attention to because if he is out, then we're really looking at Nerland's Noel uh, as an option there. Patrick Patterson and Jeremy Grant would also get a boost. Sean Livingston's questionable for the Warriors with a foot. Draymond Green will play. But his minutes are going to be limited for the first couple of games. So that's a boost to Jordan to Jordan Bell and to Kevon Looney. If Livingston is out, I would imagine someone like Alfonso McKinney or Jacob Evans, who has not been good in preseason, would jump into that role. Probably some extra minutes for Quinn Cook there, also a name to pay attention to. Now, just before we get into talking DFS stuff, there has been some changes to DFS for the two major sites. Quickly, for those of you in Australia, we can play on DraftKings now. We can enter all of the main contests, and I really think you guys should be looking at doing that. So you can get into the big money GPPs, the large field uh, double ups and 50-50s. So we can play on DraftKings unless you're in South Australia, which for some reason you can't play because their government needs to pull their finger out of their asses and get that fixed. But we can play on DraftKings now. So I will probably run some DraftKings uh, uh, locked-on tournaments at some point during the year as well because we can play along with you guys in the States there as well. So DraftKings are available to guys in Australia. Now, the next thing DraftKings is doing is making their main contests late swap, meaning that players in your lineup lock when that game starts and so not at the first uh, first game of the day. So you can wait on injury news and make those decisions later in the day. So having lineups with those injury decisions in there, yeah, guys who are questionable or their replacements, then you can make that swap when the game, when you hear that news later in the day. So it does require, I can't speak, require a little bit more effort to stay on top of it, to know, you know, keep up with the news and make that swap when it happens. But that is an extra thing you need to pay attention to on DraftKings. And Fangio has responded in probably the most idiotic way that you can, I think, in doing it. They're not having late swap, but they're making it so that the worst score out of your nine players gets dropped. 
So you pick your nine guys, and whoever the lowest score is, that just gets dropped out of your lineup. Now, I guess it does require less effort and less monitoring during the night, but it just really does turn things a lot to stars and scrubs, in my opinion. You can set a lineup in there, and you can throw in just a minimum priced guy. Then if that guy goes off, well and good, but then you've saved money, and you can stack up your other eight guys. But you could also use that that ninth spot to put an injured guy in if he doesn't play Oh, well, but even then, like if you're putting a $9,000 injured player into that uh, spot and he doesn't play, you haven't been able to use that money anywhere else. So your lineup's probably going to suffer anyway. And that's not a great scenario for, for cash game situations. For GPPs, you know, putting that in there might work because you might get low ownership or putting the replacement player in there when someone is questionable, uh, especially maybe on back-to-backs and rest and we don't hear that news throwing the replacement into your ninth spot as a low salary guy. And if he plays and it jumps up and ahead of your other guys, then it is a real uh, real change. What I'm going to do this year, you know, last year I focused pretty much on FanDuel every night and did give comments on DraftKings, but the majority of the focus was on FanDuel. I'm going to try and mix it up more this season with one-day DraftKings, one-day FanDuel, and then a little bit of a highlight on Moneyball, DraftStars, and Yahoo at the end of the DFS portion of the show. That's how I'm planning it at this point. Things can obviously change. Depending on how these are, how these things work out, um, but yeah, that's that's how we're currently looking at, at all this stuff going down for um uh, for the uh, for the NBA season for DFS. Let's have a look at the first game of the the night. It's the Philadelphia 76ers and the Boston Celtics. When I uh, put this line up, it was uh, the Celtics minus five and a half. That has come in now to the Celtics minus four and a half. Actually, when I first looked at this, it was the Celtics minus six and a half. So it's coming in pretty significantly uh, towards the Sixers' favor. The total is 208 and a half which is low. Again, it might vary depending on what site you're looking at. It's the lowest total of the day. It's still a decent total, but it's nowhere near how big we've got for the uh, Thunder and Warriors game. Remember last year, the Celtics beat the Sixers 4-1 in the playoffs. And I think that that series was a lot closer than people remember. So if you're immediately riding off the Sixers here, I don't think you should be doing that. That's not a great way of going about it. So let's start by looking at things today from a um, from a, a, a DraftKings perspective when we're looking at uh, this first game of uh, of the season, which is going to be a really interesting one to look at. If we're going to talk um, point guards, point guards in this uh, in this matchup, we've got uh, the, the big situation there. I guess is how uh, how things are going to look with uh, with Kyrie Irving. Uh, is he going to play or not? That is our, our big question. For the for the Boston Celtics, I would have to assume, and at this point, I think I think you do have to assume that that Kyrie is going to um, is going to play um, for for the for the Celtics. Um, but if he doesn't, of course, we're looking at Rogier. So let's have a look at the value uh, propositions in this game. I think that Markel Fultz at five thousand dollars on DraftKings, we know he's going to start. He's not going to start the second half, but he's going to start the first half. At $5,000, I think he's a chance for 30 points in this game because he can do things apart from score. He can get assists. He can rebound. He can generate steals. He can block shots as well. Uh, I think he's I think he's a, not a lock for 5x value, but I think he's going to get through that pretty comfortably. I feel pretty good about him in tournaments. I'm not as confident with him in cash, but I do really like Markel Fultz at that cheaper price. And I think we can extract a lot more value out of DraftKings for this slate than we can for Fangio, where the pricing is very, very high. And I think you're going to see uh, lower scores um, on the overall. Uh, and this was, this was the case a lot last year as well, where DraftKings pricing was a lot looser than what things were over on Fangio. 
Benny Simmons, the other point guard for Philadelphia, he is at $8,400. I feel okay about that, but we have to remember the Celtics did shut Simmons down in the playoffs majority of the time. Simmons is is a is a, a determined bloke. I think he will be really looking to go out there and, and do more than that. Now, will the Celtics have put that much time into Simmons for opening night? Not the same level of preparation, I would imagine, than what they've done through the in the postseason, where they can really focus in on guys. So I do imagine he has a better game than we saw in the playoffs. But I'm not totally in on Simmons. I'm not locking him in as a cash game type of a play. I think he still has that tournament upside, a 50 point upside. Uh, scenario, but not a not a strong cash game guy. As for Kyrie, he's at seven thousand six hundred. Now I'd much rather take Kyrie than Simmons, um, even for cash. Although yeah, that's assuming he gets ruled into play, which I do think that he will. If he is uh, if he is still questionable at the time, well, you're not he's not going to be questionable because you're going to know because it's the first game of the night. So I do like him uh, much more than Simmons. At, that price is pretty uh, pretty cheap. We're going to have Gordon Haywood limited in minutes to under 30 for the first couple of weeks of the season. So that's going to put more um, onus on Kyrie Irving to do more stuff and, and to produce more points. So I do like Kyrie at that 7,600 mark. Now, as for Rogier, 4,500. That is a great tournament play. It's one that you throw in uh, in that in that uh, lineup, and you've got to be ready to switch it out if uh, if Kyrie is 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 in, because then the value disappears for Rogier because he was going to struggle to get the sort of minutes that he needs to to bring value back. But of course, if Kyrie is out, then Rogier smashes value at that price, and he would become really really chalky, uh, and everyone would have him, and he'd become a must play cash guy if Kyrie actually happens to be ruled out. If you want to look at some uh, some GPP type of point guards, Landry Shamet and TJ McConnell, both of these guys, I believe, are going to be in the rotation. We saw Shamet go off in China. We've seen McConnell have some big games against Boston before. If I'm leaning towards one of those guys, it's probably Shamet. He saves me $200, and he has that microwave scoring ability that he can go out there and drop a quick 12 or 15 points in 12 minutes just by getting hot from three, and that could be enough to bring that value in at minimum salary $3,000. So I do like him. In that regard, you've also got uh, Marcus Smart at 4,400, who would be a great, great cash play if Kyrie is out. At the way currently things stand, I'd probably leave him alone. But if Kyrie is out, I'm all aboard Smart at that price. Cheaper than Rogier, uh, and having both of those guys give you so much flexibility um, in building a lineup. Now, when we talk about guys who are a shooting guard, we're looking at Jalen Brown here, five thousand three hundred for Jalen. I'm just, I'm just not sure how he's going to fit in alongside Gordon Haywood and Jason Tatum. That's the worry for Jalen. He is inconsistent with production, so he's not someone that I'm super into. But it's not easy to find a good shooting guard, especially in this game. So Brown is okay at that price. I think he's got a decent enough floor. But how high is the actual ceiling there for, for Jalen? And then you've got JJ Redick at 4,900. Coming off the bench probably takes a minute or two away from him, I would guess. Not a huge amount, but enough. Um, but one of the things that was surprising with Redick last season was his ability to handle the ball and get assists. And I do think that that might be limited with Fultz in the lineup too. So I'm not massive on JJ there. And then you've got... Um, that's probably all. Furkan Korkmaz also listed as a shooting guard guy, but I'd rather have someone like Landry Shamet at that minimum salary. Bob Covington, a small forward, 4,700 for Bob Cove. 
I uh, really like that. We know his inconsistency with shooting, but at that price, it's very, very hard to go past to me for Covington's. I'd like him for cash. I like him for tournaments as well. And then you've got uh, Jason Tatum at $5,600, uh, $900 more than what Covington is. Again, there's this that uncertainty in a lower total game as to how he's going to fit, how the shots are going to fall with or how the distribution of shots are going to fall alongside um Alongside uh, Gordon Hayward, who of course is uh, is back in the lineup now as well, and then you've got Hayward at six thousand five hundred. I really don't like that. If you're gonna do it, it would be tournaments only for me for Gordo. I'm not uh, not massively into him just with the the rust and the limited minutes that he's going to be playing uh, immediately, or, or so it uh, so it appears. Guys, if your company is looking for a new way to reach customers, your your company, it could be mentioned right now. Podcast listeners are 60% more likely to interact with sponsors that they hear on their favorite podcast. Our demographic is 98% male. They're more educated and they earn more money than traditional media audiences. So have your company sponsor the podcast. Email me at redrockfantasybasketball at gmail.com. All right, let's look at some big men now um, in, in this one. I think yeah, there's, there's not much there. Dario Saric is at 5,500 as, as a power forward and small forward for some reason, eligible player. I think the absence of Wilson Chandler and likely Mike Muscala does give Saric a bit of a bump up. I think he's a low upside play, but a decently safe cash player if you are looking for a power forward. And Marcus Morris at 4,200. I just don't really see the minutes there for Morris. Not someone I'm keen on. Same with Shemi Ojale. And for the uh, for the centers, of course, we're looking at Al Horford, 6,100. That feels really safe to me. I'm not sure there's enough upside in Horford with the lack of scoring, most likely given the players around him. Um, but at 6,100, I feel confident about him getting to that at least 30-point mark. The upside is pretty limited, though, for Horf. And then you've got Joel Embiid at 8,800. He did struggle a little bit with Aaron Baines at times. $8,800, you're looking for someone to be going 45, 50 type of points. I'm not quite sure I'm there with Embiid in this matchup against the Celtics. Um, But again, finding uh, these high-priced players on a two-game slate, you're going to have to use some Embiid. And I think his ceiling is obviously much higher than someone like Al Horford, even if the risk profile is probably a little bit larger than, uh, than, than Horford, of course. Over on Fangio, things are relatively the same. Fultz still comes in as a decent bargain guy at 4,700. We love Rogier at 41. In fact, I like Rogier at 4,100 on Fangio, given the pricing. Uh, even if Kyrie does play, I think there's value at 41. And of course, that just smashes through the roof. And he is a guy you want in all those lineups because, again, your lower score drops. If it doesn't work out, then who cares? But if, it, if you know, Kyrie doesn't play, then that's really going to work out for Rogier. So having him in there, especially if it's last-minute news for Kyrie, having him in there could really uh, work out nicely. Kyrie at 84 is not a bad not a bad play on Fangio. There is that element of risk, of course, but we should know hopefully in advance. And Jason Tatum probably is a little bit more uh, viable to me to use on Fangio at 6,200. Again, the pricing there is so much uh, larger. $10,000 for Ben Simmons is pretty expensive. 10-4 for Joel Embiid is, is one that I do want to stay away from. You still got that value in Landry Shamit and TJ McConnell, 35 and 3,600 respectively. Yeah, we've, that's minimum salary, 3,500 on Fangio, so we're, all, we're right there. Haywood at 7,400 is an avoid for me. Covington at 65 and Sharich at 64. Neither of those look sensational. But Jalen Brown at 59, probably looking at that more as a... Um, more as a GPP type of a guy over on uh, over on good old Fangio. 
Let's go on to game two. It's the Oklahoma City Thunder and the Golden State Warriors. The Warriors at the moment, minus 11 and a half point favorites. The total 224 points. At the moment, Westbrook, we don't know if he's going to play it. I have to assume that he will be out while Draymond Green is dealing with uh, you know, limited minutes at the moment as he returns from a knee injury, which did bother him during the preseason. This is the game, obviously, with a much higher total, um, but also a larger risk of a blowout. So there is you know, more risk of some of these guys sitting. I don't think it's going to be as big a smashing as what this spread suggests. I'd be happy looking at the Thunder as a plus 12, plus 11 and a half type of a team. And I think that mitigates some of the risk of um, yeah, putting putting this uh, these guys into into lineups. The other injuries, as I talked about, where you know, Terence Ferguson, he looks like he's going to be ready to play. Alex Sabrina is the same. We don't know who's going to start at shooting guard. Will it be Ferguson? Will it be MC Hamadou Diallo? Will it be Abrines? And then the Stephen Adams injury is one that we do need to... Um, we do obviously need to pay attention to Steph Curry. Back to looking at this on DraftKings. He's at 8,600. I really like Steph at 8,600. That's a great tournament play. I think there's some pretty decent cash value in Steph as well at that sort of salary. Well, Dennis Schroeder at 6,300. This is assuming that Westbrook is out. I love Schroeder at that price. It enables you to maybe go with Steph next to him or get these other big price guys in there like, um, like Durant. But I do like Schroeder. At six thousand, uh, six thousand three hundred, a pretty solid price. Quinny Cook at thirty two hundred would be the interesting GPP guy on the off chance that Sean Livingston is out. Cook, much like I talked about with Shamit, someone who can come in, who can bang in threes and can get hot, and might have an extra role with Livingston sideline or if Livingston is sideline. Then you've got Fat Face Ray Felton at thirty seven hundred, probably going to be the backup to Schroeder. There's some upside possibility there, but I'd rather take Cook and save five hundred dollars. Than, uh, than use Felton in that scenario. Clay Thompson's 5,900 on DraftKings. I really like that. That's really strong for cash. There's tournament upside in it as well. Very hard to go past Clay Thompson, especially on a team that's going to be starting a backcourt of, of Schroeder and maybe Diallo, maybe Ferguson, just no one to defend Clay or Steph really at all. Uh, that's going to help both of those guys be able to reach that value a lot easier. As for Diallo, MC Hammer, 3,100 for him, almost minimum salary. I love that for a tournament play. The upside is there for him. It could absolutely be a disaster as well. He might not start. Yeah, Terrence Ferguson is back. You could consider Ferguson, who I wouldn't. He just does nothing fantasy-wise. Uh, yeah, even if he starts, he's not someone I'm really looking at all that closely. And Abrines as well at 3,200. Diallo's the one that I want out of those guys, but they're all relatively interchangeable in terms of you know taking flyers on shooting guards. Andre Iguodala is at $4,000. I think he's steady. I don't think there's really much upside in Iguodala, but he can be a steady cash guy. But on uh, on DraftKings, you'll find better options than Iguodala. And the other option there is Timotei Luwawu Cabarro at 3,300. Again, not sure the upside's really high enough or the floor high enough for cash. Small forwards, it's Kevin Durant, $9,000. Absolutely love Durant at 9,000. Bang, lock him in. Happy with that in cash. Love it in tournaments. He plays well against Oklahoma City. He plays well against everyone. He's as consistent as they come. No, no real concern there. And then on the other side, Paulie George at eight thousand. That's pretty bloody hard to go past as well. Yes, yeah, so I, yeah, I, I like Paul George here. Westbrook out. He's going to be getting a ton of usage. So he is a strong cash play, a strong tournament play. Uh, other small forward eligible players, you've got uh, Jeremy Grant. He gets a. I don't know why he's small forward eligible. He won't be playing there at all. But if Stephen Adams is out. 
He is going to be an interesting tournament type guy. So someone you could throw in on the hope that Adams misses and you get a little bit of value there out of Jezza. I'm just disappointed in myself that I mentioned MC Hamadou Diallo and I didn't play the drop. Have a time. There you go. There's your bonus MC Hamadou Diallo drop. Let's talk big men. Now, all of these guys are center and power forward eligible. Jordan Bell at 4,100. I just don't know what Steve Kerr is going to do. He's going to start Damian Jones but with Draymond Limited. Bell should get some backup minutes there. I don't feel super confident with him at the moment. His preseason hasn't been fantastic. I'm a big Bell supporter, but it doesn't matter if I support him. It's a bit about if Steve Kerr supports him. So what are we going to do with Geordie here? I think he's more of a tournament upside-ish type of guy rather than a cash play on DraftKings, especially with many other cash options around. Then you got Looney at $500 cheaper. Kevon Looney, $3,600. Happy with that with a GPP. He can come in and get steals and blocks in big bunches, which is obviously really useful. And then Draymond Green at $7,300. The limited minutes do worry me with Draymond. If the game is a blowout like the spread suggests, and they'll be really quick to limit what he can do. So I don't love Draymond here at all. I think you can use him, but I don't love it. And then Patrick Patterson, who I imagine is the starting power forward for the Thunder. He comes in at 3800 no Westbrook. Someone is going to have to take some of the usage. That'll mainly be Schroeder and George. But Patterson is one of the biggest low, or high minute, low usage or low fantasy point producers that there is. At 3,800, you could consider it. I think there are much better options on DraftKings and some of his pricing on other sites is more appealing. If you want to look at the center eligible guys, if Steven Adams is playing at 5,800, um, you know, centers against the Warriors, it's been a DFS mantra is to try and avoid those guys a lot of the time. Adams at 5,800, I think is pretty okay to use that. He should be able to go out there and play pretty well. And then the guy matching up against him is Damian Jones, who has not been good through the time in his NBA career, but he does play well against Oklahoma City and the big bodies against Adams at minimum salary. Absolutely someone who I would consider looking at as a um, as a GPP option uh, over on DraftKings just because of, of that uh, you know, matchup against Adams and getting him those extra minutes. Now, we don't know how that's going to work. There are three centers, Bell and uh, Looney as well here for the Warriors, but Jones has shot blocking upside. He can get them in bunches. He can be a high efficiency type of player as well. So here's someone to pay attention to. And of course, the biggest one of them all is Nerland's Noel, 3,600. If Stephen Adams does sit, Noel is going to crush that. A great option to use in your tournaments. Uh, would be interesting to put in as a cash guy. Uh, maybe you put him in a cash lineup. If you hear that Adams is playing, you switch him out and you put Damian Jones in there. That's that's only $600 difference and you're still going to get, I guess, de- decent production. You could switch him out, put Patrick Patterson in there if you wanted to as well. If we hear that Adams is playing because Patterson is still going to get significant minutes, not a high production sort of a player. But Noel would be that interesting type player. And if Adams is out, you're looking at him in cash and in tournaments. I don't think uh, you can have too much debate about that. If we look at this on Fangio, it's uh, there's more value in this game Fangio-wise than there is in the first game. Schroeder at 6,100, one of the best out there. Patrick Patterson and Kevon Looney, again, minimum salary players. So I'm happy to use them over on Fangio, fitting into that lower score drop type mantra as well. If they shit the bed, then someone else can pick up that slack and it is only minimum salary. I love Paul George and Steph quite a bit on Fangio. Durant's a little bit further down the list because he comes in at 10,600. While our MC Hamadou Diallo... He's a minimum salary player as well, but I'd put him behind Looney and behind Patterson uh, over there on Fangio in terms of uh, in terms of looking at that value. Now, what I'm going to do for shows uh, for this coming season is go through a stud and a value play for each of the five major DFS sites. 
So let's start that off now. On DraftKings, the best stud, I believe, is Kevin Durant at $9,000. He is the stud I think that you do want to build your lineups around, whereas the best value guy, Markel Fultz at $5,000, a guy that can really push forward and maybe get 35 points and be a value guy at a cheap salary. Now, when I'm talking about Studs, I'm talking about guys out over 8,500 around that sort of a price point. And value guys, we're talking $5,000 or less, or players who project to have big, you know, six, seven X type value nights. So we're looking at uh, Durant and Fultz on DraftKings. The stud of the day for FanDuel, I think, is Paul George at $9,000. Likely no Westbrook. We know what he can do. Big usage, big night, I think, coming for Paul George. And the value play on FanDuel is Patrick Patterson at minimum salary. Could be starting power forward. Could get minutes at center as well with Steven Adams out. If you look at Yahoo, I think the best stud there is Paul George at 3500 No Westbrook. It's a cheap price for a guy who could be putting up some pretty big numbers there, maybe a 50-pointer for Paul George. And we have to remember with Yahoo, you're looking at you know 2x to 2.5x for the cheaper players. But for the studs, if you look at 1.2, 1.3x, it's a pretty decent return. And I think he can actually get to 1.5 or 1.6, which is tremendous value. And the value guy on Yahoo, I'm looking at minimum salary, Jordan Bell, uh, Damian Jones starting. Uh, I think there's nice upside there in Bell, and I'm happy with him at that minimum salary, again, using that Yahoo pricing structure. On Moneyball, the best start, I think it's Ben Simmons. Their pricing is really, really high. Um, I still have that con- that concern. Uh, the other studs are very much overpriced on Moneyball, so 9700 for Simmons is worth a look. And the best value player there, again, is Patrick Patterson at minimum salary, 3500 and then on draft stars, the best stud is Kevin Durant, 18610 He's consistent. It's a cheap enough price for a stud on a two-game slate. So I really want to look to build lineups around him. And the best value play, I think, is minimum salary, $5,000, Kevon Looney. He may end up playing more than Jones and Bell as well. So at a, a minimum salary on draft stars, it's pretty hard for me to go past Kevon Looney over on draft stars. The last thing I'm introducing as well is a best bet of the day. We'll see how these go. Uh, I've got the Philadelphia 76ers at plus four and a half. Again, when I first did this, they were plus six and a half. It is starting to come in. So people may have already seen my best bet graphic in advance and they're starting to bet it. Of course, I'm clearly joking, but... um, but it is uh, the one that I'm looking for here as the uh, the best bet of the day. I think the Sixers have actually got a chance to win this outright. Weird stuff happens on opening night. There can be you know, chemistry issues with teams trying to reintegrate players. The Sixers are pretty much coming back outside of the full Reddick change uh, intact from last year. I think the Sixers have got a chance to win. But taking them at the plus four and a half, plus five, plus five and a half, depending on where you can get. I think it's five and a half here in Australia at the moment. It's down to four and a half in the States, which will likely be updated here pretty soon. That is the one that I am going for as my best bet of the day. And that will wrap up the first show of the season. Tomorrow, we are back in full daily show mode, recapping the two games from Tuesday and previewing a monster Wednesday. So be ready for that. Guys, subscribe to this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spotify. And YouTube, smash the like, smash the subscribe, give me a thumbs up, leave a comment, leave five-star reviews, you know all that great stuff. Follow me on Instagram at LockedOnFantasyBasketball. Follow me on Twitter at RedRock underscore B-Ball. Go become a basketball monster subscriber and go and check out the rest of the Locked On Podcast Network. Check out our sponsor today as well, my bookie, and use the promo code LOCKEDON25. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya. Evan Turner, RIP.
Paul Allen.